episode of the commercial break did she marry garth or chris i imagine she married both of them this is probably an exciting bedroom <laughs> gets threesomes every night every single my husband night. and his split that's personality. right i'm gonna i'm gonna pop one off as garth and then i'm gonna be back as chris give me 15 to 20 minutes and one of those blue pills i'll be back as chris the next episode of the commercial break starts now Commercial break. I'm Brian Green. This is the director of online disasters, Tina. Tina, best to you. Best to you, Brian. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Thanks for joining us. So happy to be here. Are you happy to be here? I really am. Yeah, it's fun. Isn't it good fun? It is. It's great fun. It's not a bad way to make a living. If we could figure out how to make a living. I couldn't agree more. We're still working on it. (laughs) Hey, listen, you know, the ever-changing landscape of new media keeps us on our toes. That's for sure. That's for sure. But let me not drown you in my own woes. Let's talk about other people's woes, because that is what makes me happy. I love other Let's people's Let's talk about lives. other people's miserable lives and not <laughs> our own lives. Uh, so, Steve-O interview, I think, was generally well-received, uh, just to let you know. Okay. Glad there to you hear go. it. Glad <laughs> to hear it. Thanks for the update. Generally well-received. Uh, what a character. What a guy. What's not to love? That's what I say. Yeah. I was telling a friend over the weekend <clears throat> who was quite surprised that Steve-O would even think about coming on the commercial <laughs> break. We were too, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I shared the same reaction. I said, if you were surprised, imagine how surprised we were when someone said, hey, Steve-O wants to go on the show. Or Steve-O agreed to come on the show. It's probably the best way to say it. I don't want <clears throat> to make it sound like Steve-O was knocking down our door. He wasn't. But I said, listen, I'm." the guy goes, he's like a Venezuelan guy. And he goes, hey, man. You have been telling me, the listener, me, for months and months and months, you're not going to do guests. Guests didn't work. You did it one time. It didn't work. You're not going to have any more guests, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, you got fucking Steve-O on your podcast? And I said, well, I wanted to set expectations as low as possible. That's what it's about. So then even if I just mumbled through the entire <laughs> interview, you would be surprised that I had guests at all. Mission accomplished, brother. Expectation management. <clears throat> Expectation management. Yeah. I, I was listening to like, I don't know, some pundit, political pundit or something talking about debates. And they were saying the whole goal, pre-debate, for the entire team, whoever, presidential candidate, governor, you know, governor, whatever it is, the whole goal is to set expectations as low as possible so that if you perform better, right. then it's a win. It's a win. Yeah. If you perform badly, then you said, hey, I, we this didn't expect much terrible. anyway. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a game of misinformation to play. But not like I expected the politicians, to be Standards honest Standards here. That's right. Standards <laughs> here. And the truth of the matter is, we really didn't think we were going to have guests until very recently when we realized people would actually say yes, because I just didn't imagine anybody would want to come on the show. There was a time. There was a time. But not anymore. Three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> now we've overcome the challenges. Uh, Chrissy will be back in studio with us sooner rather than later. I'm super happy so to, happy to hear, hear that. And uh, everyone's excited that she'll come back. So all the uh, well wishes have been sent, sent along, and we'll talk more about it when she gets back. But I just wanted you to know, Chrissy's in good shape and hopefully coming back to the studio very soon. Um, I heard... I, well, what did you do over the weekend? Because I think you, we were talking off air, and you did something very uh, interesting. Tell, I did. Tell I, the listener, I went Tina. to um, a really fun live production of Empire Strips Back. It's a it's a, <laughs> it's a Star Wars parody burlesque show. <laughs> it was hilarious, sexy, and just my kind of good time. Okay, so I saved all the in-depth questioning for on air. <laughs> The Star Wars burlesque show, is it loosely based on the plot, or is it no plot whatsoever, just a lot of dancing? No plot. No plot whatsoever. I mean, they try to set a plot. Yeah, but it's, it's like a cute. porn movie. Yeah, yeah you're just waiting you go. for the tits. It's, just like, it's <laughs> all it is. Just like a porn movie. You're just waiting for the tits. From the 80s, the yes, because okay. you see very little. Yeah. But it, the idea is there. It's very, very sexy. It's very racy. It's very sexy. Very, very but there sexy. is some nudity in it. Oh, yeah. 
There's a couple. No of, full nudity. Okay. But lots of boobs, tons of ass. At this point in my life, I'm happy to crazy dancing. Great music. The music was great. It was fun. Good was looking characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Well trained. Well, the so per- the performances were definitely top notch. How big was the theater? Um, I would say maybe five thousand. Five thousand people. That's fucking a lot of people. It was big to see a, a burlesque show. It was big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought it would they be like a more a crowd, intimate, especially in Atlanta. Setting. Yeah, Atlanta's got a bunch. We're all weird. We're here. yeah, we're weirdos here, and we've yeah, got we've, great venues. We figure, you know, Darth Vader with his dick hanging out is probably. A it was. Great uh, Saturday it was. Afternoon. It was Palantine Emperor Palantine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Not Vader, but the other one. Yeah. Vader was a woman in this show. Oh, she was. Yes. Oh, I'm all about that. Yeah, it that was worth the wait. It was definitely worth the wait. It was was the last it like act. a lot of sexy girls in stormtrooper helmets? Yep. Yeah. And breastplates, and that's it. Oh my god, <laughs> it was great. I, yeah, I might have to go check this out. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's playing here in Atlanta, and I've seen the commercials. For yes, you should. And at go. first, I thought it was a joke. I was it's like, it's kind of a joke. I thought they were selling something. <laughs> Chewbacca break dances. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly, it's it's a pun, right? It's just. It's a parody. It's a parody. And they, it's well-written. It's pretty hilarious. Wow. It's, I don't laugh all too easy at just about anything, but I laughed almost you know, the, the whole time. The last time that I allowed sex, boobs, nudity, to get me into a theater was for the naked Cirque du Soleil in yeah. Las Vegas. That would be worth <clears> it. It was a little underwhelming to me, if I'm being honest. Okay. I wasn't as impressed as I have been with fully clothed Cirque du Soleil's. <laughs> sure. It's not to say that they weren't talented people. They're very talented doing their thing. But it just, they kind of ran over the same old ground a number of times. Yeah. How much can you really do naked? You know what I'm saying? It's got to be tricky. It's got to be way tricky. However, we did go see this last Cirque du Soleil, this one that's currently here in Atlanta. Yeah, I haven't Atlanta seen it yet. is one of those places, for those of you that don't live here, which is probably every one of us <laughs> into the show, because anyone who knows us has no, doesn't give any shits. Uh, Atlanta is one of those places that Cirque du Soleil calls a second home. home. Yeah. It's a permanent... Yeah, three and a half months of the year, they have a show here, and they set up this huge tent, and it just kind of stays there for three and a half months downtown. They have a new one, uh, Echoes, I think is what it's called. They have a moment in the show, and it's way different than any other one I've seen. It's almost bordering on sideshow, like sideshow circus. They had a what I assume to be a father and a son duo... And the father comes out, he lays on his back, he kicks his legs up, and the son goes and sits on his legs. And then mm-hmm. he bounces him around for a few minutes, and then he, you know, pushes him up in the air, and the kid does a half flip, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. The kid, the kid who I'm calling a kid, is probably a teenager, is not a small human being. And the father is not a particularly big human being. So I'm thinking, wow, half a flip, really cool, very good, very nice. <laughs> but then Tina... What happened over the course of the next three minutes was I, I couldn't even comprehend what was going on because he started to flip his son, full flips, full frontal flips, one after the other. He was kicking his – imagine the kid was laying – the guy had his – you know, he was laying down, had his feet up in the air, like you would if you were playing airplane with yeah, your kid. Yeah, like rolling along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the kid was on his back. So the feet were under, like, right where the butt meets the back. Yes. He kept kicking him in the air, and the kid would flip backwards Mm -hmm. and then land in the same place. He was doing this at a speed where it was hard for your eyes to adjust just how fast this kid was going. And this went on for 30 fucking full seconds. The guy just kept flipping him and flipping him and flipping him and flipping him. And he landed every time. He'd be so disoriented, it seems. I don't even... is, Is this happening to you that the older you get... Like you do a little spin and then all of a sudden it takes you 15 to 20 minutes to get your balance back. Is this happening to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I could go on that you know thing on the playground and they could spin me around for yeah. days and I'd get off and walk straight. I, Not I don't anymore. know. Not anymore. Not anymore. The older that I get, the more disoriented I get. Just by looking at it. Yes, yeah. just by looking at it. Then my daughter wants to dance and have me spin her around. I take her on one twirl. And I'm serious. I got to sit down for 15 minutes to recover. I'm like, holy shit. What happened to my eyes? What happened to my great balance? It's all over the place. I can't imagine what it would be like to have your father flipping you like that over and over and over and over again so fast. Again, it was hard for my eyes to adjust to what was going on. It was amazing. Then they had girls that were doing the aerial. With their hair. With their hair. 
You saw it? I saw it. Okay. I've seen you, it. Have you seen this? Yes. Have you seen this Cirque du Soleil? Yes, did you go? The, it is the one I've seen. Yes. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Did you see the one where they put the teeth? The, the teeth? Yes. Okay, so let me explain to the listener. Two girls doing aerial acrobatics, but they are attached to the rope on their by their hair. By their fucking hair. hair. And nothing else. I don't have hair, and it hurt me. <laughs> the audience was aghast. They were aghast. Then, at one point, they take... A metal chain, a very small metal chain, I'm saying probably a foot, and on each side of the metal chain is a bite. A bite. Yeah. So something you would put in your mouth, you know, like a nighttime retainer, but obviously much more strong. So she puts this in her mouth, and the other girl puts it in her mouth, and they get lifted up in the air. They're both hanging on by their mouth, basically. I mean, one girl's got her knees in the aerial thing, yep. and then the other girl's just hanging there by her mouth. So we're watching the performance, and I start to notice that the girl who's hanging by her mouth, not by her knees, but by her mouth, is like doing, making some hand gesture to the girl up or oh, someone. No. And quickly they get lowered down. And when they get lowered down, they go to bow to the audience. Because now the audience is like, oh my God, that was amazing, right? So they're all clapping. They go to bow to the audience, and you can see, we are very close to the stage. You can see the girl who was hanging go, holy shit. Oh, my God. She mouths those words, like, I think to herself, but it was clear what she was saying. Everybody who was with us was like, did you just see that? Did you see what she said? I think she basically lost it. She was about to lose her yeah, fall to the ground. Yeah, she was scared. So this, this Cirque du Soleil felt much different than some of the other yeah. ones in the sense that it kind of got sideshow circusy. Yeah. There was a guy who was double-jointed in a way that made me sick to my stomach and the entire audience sick to their stomach. I could have done without it, to be honest with you. Yeah, some of that contortion <clears throat> is hard to look at. But Cirque du Soleil is so fucking amazing, yeah, right? Every it's time. so fucking amazing. But even they only have 2,000 people in that tent. So 5,000 people. Maybe, 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 I was, maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm maybe, misreading, maybe I'm misreading the But theater, let's assume but it's it was, more than 1,000, It was right? more than I thought it was okay. going to be. Yeah, I thought it wow. was going to be like Dad's Garage. Yeah, like 15 people in there. It's not. It's, <laughs> sitting it's, at a table laughing it's at improv more, it's comedy. More like a, it's more like the Atlantic Station tents, yeah. Wow, great. Yeah. Well, that was good fun. It was good fun. That sounded and like good fun. And just to walk into it, too, it's, you know. Yeah. It's just a nice little surprise. I um, I go to the Chick-fil-A this weekend, like with my kids. Yeah. So I take them to the one with the playground. Not as fun as strippers. No, not as fun as tits. <laughs> Sorry. Nothing I, I do just, is ever going to be as fun as something that you do. Now, but yeah. for the last 20 years, not the case. No, that's true. <laughs> so, because you had kids long before I did. Yeah. yeah you had kids. I'm My like, kids could be the parents of your kids. How old were you when you had your, your child? 19. Your first child? 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah 19 that's right. and 23. Yeah. But you got it over with early. I'm done. Yeah, you're done. I'm just beginning with some of my children. I don't even know how many kids I have, <laughs> let alone what ages they are. Yeah. So I take them to this Chick-fil-A and we're sitting there and we're eating. And I get, there's a window to the parking lot. Somebody pulls up into the handicap space. It's obviously an old man. He gets out and he is dressed in full Santa robe. You know what I'm talking about? I like do. costumey robe. He's got that long Santa hat on. He looks nothing like Santa Claus. The guy is probably 70 pounds sopping wet. I love it. And he is just, it's scaring December children. <laughs> 1st. <laughs> he really was. What's wrong with Santa? Well, here's what's wrong with Santa Santa wasn't wearing a shirt. Oh. under his robe and his robe was like attached by the belt so as santa did more moving around the guy was like 90 years old as santa did more moving around things his old man tits started hanging <laughs> oh, no. out nobody wants <laughs> and one of my nobody kids wants is like daddy why didn't santa put on a shirt and i'm like well even santa, a goes, warm out. why didn't santa put on a shirt then the next question was how did santa get go so skinny <laughs> i said ozempic son ozempic <laughs> uh. No cookies till Christmas. <laughs> no cookies till Christmas. He literally did come into place and scare all the children. The place was I, packed. I'm and sure. All the, he was trying to say hi to all the kids, and they were just like, the fuck are you no, doing, No, that's dude? COVID Christmas Santa. That's uh, not regular that's Santa. that's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I got a corn cob for a nose. <laughs> come on down to COVID Christmas castle. He just needed some chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Our Santa eats worse than your children. <laughs> Look at that. He's having two hot dogs and a shitterita from Chili's. <laughs> oh. A free shitterita with every picture with our COVID Christmas castle. Oh, man. That 
that episode still to this day I makes me it. fucking piss my pants. <laughs> so one of the few times I've actually thought it'd been funny on this show. But he was walking around and he really was scaring the children. I can it, imagine. It was it was quite the debacle. Probably would have scared debacle. me too. <laughs> For sure. And then we watched uh what what did we what else did we do this weekend? We watched the Georgia Bulldogs lose. You know, I told oh, you I'm trying to be a football guy so that I'm I might no impress my it. brothers. No, I know. I I keep trying to. I just I can't I can do basketball. I love baseball. Baseball's but awesome. Football for me, especially college, just never been a thing. So I didn't watch until the very end, which was the best part. Which was the best when part. It, when you got to watch was, the dogs lose. When it was over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the reality. I only started watching college football so I could actually have a conversation with my brothers because it's all they seem to talk about during yep. college football season. And I wanted to be part of the gang. Aww. I know. It's kind of it's kind of a little puppy dog. endearing. Yeah. But I want to be interested in what they're interested in so we sure. can all have a conversation. So I thought, if I can just catch a couple minutes of a Saturday game, I don't have to watch all I'll of them. I'll have some anecdotes. Yeah, I'll have some anecdotes. I'll be able to... I can remember what the color commentator says and then repeat it in conversation. Like, man, Georgia's offensive line really left a lot of holes, didn't they? Yeah, you should watch football like I do. It's <laughs> a game I play. A gay porn or sports ball. <laughs> I think gay porn, probably. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, this stuff I repeat. It, people are like, no, that's gay porn. Yeah, no, that's that gay was, porn. I heard that on yeah. the game. <laughs> so, He's going deep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I was watching that game, and I made the deadly mistake. And I should remember this about any sports, sporting activity that my brothers like to watch. I made the deadly mistake of texting one of them. Oh, man, it sucks that Georgia lost. Ooh, and they responded, soon. watching on DVR. Thanks, Thank Brian. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's their bad, though. You can't watch a championship game on DVR. That's their bad. That's you can, you. but no. then don't expect that everybody else is doing it's the same been, thing. It's already been spoiled. So. If you really don't want a sports spoiler on your telephone, turn it off. That's yeah. what you do. got to put it in airplane That's mode. Right. Because how is every, everybody else supposed no to know way. where you're at in the game? I ESPN know. notified him before you did, I promise oh, you. Oh, I promise this particular brother had ESPN <laughs> dinging all over the place. He gets those ESPN notifications like, you know, the third-ranked lacrosse player in right. some rinky-dink college in Washington State got, you know, traded to another team. He gets that ESPN. That, those kind of notifications. Got yeah. a ball. <laughs> And I was like, dude, you can't, don't blame me. And he's like, no, seriously, don't say anything else. And I'm like, come on, man. Well, really? You already know. Yeah, now you know. What do you want me to do? Put the cat back in the bag? I can't do that. Toothpaste doesn't go back in the toothpaste. <laughs> it doesn't. But here's also the side effect of watching at least a few minutes of most of the games this season. Because, I, you know, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So if I watch 10 minutes of it, I'm, I'm good. But I happen to watch a good chunk of the championship game. But here is the challenge for me. I get so into things. It's like when I have cereal and cream. I do it for months on <laughs> yes, end. Yes, it's like a whole binge it's run. It's a whole yeah. binge run, right? Now I'm invested in it. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on, but I'm just invested in the outcome. And so I'm literally feeling disappointment. I go to take a shower after the game, and I'm feeling bummed out. And I have to just tell myself, Brian, you don't really give a shit about yeah, you this. Know, this is not what you Why are about. you pretending like you do? <laughs> Why are there actual emotions coming out of you? You don't care. What do you care? What do I care if the Georgia Bulldogs go to the national yeah. championship or not? So many people are so heartbroken. And I really, I can't even, I feel bad because I can't even empathize. Like, I just don't understand sports fandom. I enjoy, I enjoy watching sports, but I'm not going to, I'm not losing sleep over any of it. I do understand sports sports. <laughs> Fort Spandom. Fort Spandom. I want to start a new website. Fort Spandom.com. That's, that's my kind of sports ball, We'll though. spoil your game every time. <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs lost. They don't even start till 3.30. Well, they lost. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs don't even... It's Fort spring. Spandom. <laughs> Fort Spandom. All your favorite sports completely uneducated. <laughs> yeah. We give the most uneducated color commentary in all of sports. Yeah, you know I have that T-shirt that's got a a man hitting a home run on it. Says touchdown underneath it. Oh, it does. That's what I wear to every <laughs> every single. Uh, what's the one at the top of the year? Super Bowl. Super there you Bowl. Go. Oh, there you go. That's how much I love yeah. football. Yeah, I do get into baseball though. Baseball, baseball is the for one sure. thing that I can I love get baseball, into. Yeah. Baseball and March Madness. Yes, me too. College yeah. basketball, college love basketball, it. so much fun. Those kids are playing the. Heart. I mean, the college football kids are playing the hearts out too. I get into college more than I get into to NFL because 
I just think the NF, I don't know, in my opinion, it's not, the stakes aren't as high. It's not as interesting. And I know a lot of people would argue with me about that, but I don't care. Argue with me. You're on the yeah. other side of a radio, <laughs> of a speaker. A what do I care? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I think the kids who are doing college football, they really have their hearts into it. And you hope they do at least. You hope they do. Yep. And there's so many more X factors in a college uh, football game than there is in an NFL football game. I don't know. It's like when you're making $35 million a year to right. throw the football. To go to the gym. Yeah, that's your job. Okay, go do a good job of it when you're not getting paid $35 million. Sure. But of course, now the college kids, I think, can take endorsements too. Yeah. I think they can because I see those college kids on the subway commercials. They've been taking stuff for years, though, haven't they? There have been all kinds well, of scandals the argument. about cars yeah. and... I agree uh, with it, too, yeah. 100%. Why does the University of Georgia take in $100 million a year in television and endorsement revenue mm-hmm. and not, and they can use the likeness of anybody that plays on the team and in perpetuity yep. and get paid nothing. How is that fair to anybody? And if it's always going on behind the scenes, then why not? It's like, you know, you Just shine bring a, it out. Just yeah. If put you it on shine the a light yeah. in the corner, nothing's dark anymore. Like, <laughs> right. okay. All right. The kid got a car because he did the subway endorsement. Yeah. We're not and, mad about it. No, I'm not mad about it. What do I care? Right. Listen, you want to do a subway endorsement? The worst sandwich shop that's ever existed that literally sells rubber to children. Fine. Do it. You want to be a subway guy? Be a subway well, guy. If cool you, with me. You risk life and limb. For the love of your game. Go ahead. Yeah. Take by the it. way, this episode is sponsored by Subway. <laughs> $5 footlongs are no longer a foot or $5. <laughs> Visit your local Subway for more information. <laughs> Just don't eat it. <laughs> oh, man. We had to, like, stop by a Subway. We were on our way to my to my father's house. And it you have to take some un, yes. less traveled some, roads. Some places, that's all there is. So the kids are screaming and yelling. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. They're not really hungry. They just wanted. They're bored. They're bored. But they're screaming and yelling so much that Astrid and I are like, okay, we'll just pull over to the next place we see. Well, the next place that we see is like 15 miles down the road, and it's a gas station with a subway in it. The best kind. But I got to be... Ratway. I got to be honest. It was Thanksgiving week. It was the day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday before Thanksgiving. These people in this subway, they didn't have three teeth between all of them. They could not have been fucking nicer. Uh, Yep. That's tracks. They were not... They were so sweet. They were so lovely. I've n- I haven't had fast food service like that since I can't remember when. Honestly, they were just lovely. I However, love when that happens. The food is just <laughs> terrible. It's barely food. It's terrible, Tina. I know. There's so we- many better options now. Anyway, that they just gave up. Subway's like, forget it. Yeah, go to Firehouse. I mean, it's probably Jersey not- Mike's. Yeah, Jersey Mike's. <laughs> I Jimmy like Firehouse. Over- uh, Jimmy John's. Eh. Yeah. Although that guy is an interesting character, Jimmy John. He no longer owns Jimmy John's, but he's an interesting character. Have you ever seen an interview with Jimmy John? I haven't. I don't like the fact that he kills baby elephants. It's not That's not my that, thing. That's terrible. That upsets me. It does upset me too, and I I wish he would stop um, for the sake of the earth and everybody else. Like It's just not necessary to kill a baby elephant. <laughs> Has you he wanna... not seen the revenge elephants? Yeah, I know. Or the revenge whales or the revenge... <laughs> that <laughs> elephant stormed the town and <clears throat> ruined that lady's funeral. I know. <clears throat> So don't kill the elephants. They're coming for you. are the only other, well, there's a lot of other known creatures that grieve, but they're the only ones that have like funerals for the dead. That's crazy. They do like ceremony and stuff. And the way they hand down information too. Those elephants will hate that man for generations to come. They will hate that man for generations to come. Take heed, Jimmy John. However, he does have an interesting story. Okay, spill it. No, I don't want to spill it. I'm not interested in giving him any more (laughs) time than he needed. I'm just sharing with you that if you ever get a chance to listen to his story... It's it's interesting. Everyone comes from somewhere. And so, you know, whatever. Okay, let's take our first break. I have a story for you that I don't think you've ever heard before. Okay. is about a celebrity, maybe one that not everyone's going to be familiar with, but we'll fill you in, and is probably the most disturbing celebrity story I have heard in years. That's, a, that's, that's huge. Are you up for it? I am. All right, let's take our first break, and we'll be back. Okay, Brian, shh. Let me give the people what they want. Our social media handles. Follow us on Instagram at The Commercial Break and on TikTok at TCB Podcast. If, like all my hinge dates, you are thirsty for more, give us a call and leave us a message at 626-ASK-TCB3. Or send us a text, no sexting please, at 855-TCB-8383. And, of course, go to tcbpodcast.com to see everything there is to see. Now let's hear from our sponsors and then the show must go on. 
Hey, everybody, wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Okay, do you want to know what the single biggest challenge for me as a single person was? Shopping for, prepping, and cooking nutritious meals. Do you want to know what the biggest challenge for me as a human with 25 to 60 family members living in my house? Shopping for, prepping, and cooking a nutritious meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's a big stress point around here. And since I don't really know how to cook, that stress often falls on other family members. But this holiday season, we're going to try something different. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help us fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to our door. Because Factor's never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, all you have to do is heat and enjoy. You can choose from over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh and never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. And guess what? It's all delivered right to your front door. With Factor, we can be assured that we're making sustainable choices. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. Hey, look at that, a company who's trying to do some good. So head to factormeals.com slash commercial break five zero and use the code commercial break five zero to get 50% off. That's code commercial break five zero at factormeals.com slash commercial break five zero and get 50% off. We also want to thank Factor for being a sponsor of The Commercial Break. I'm Tank Sinatra. And I'm Investigator Slater. And together we co-host a podcast called Psychopedia, which is a true crime podcast infused with comedy, making it a crimedy. Each week, Investigator Slater brings us a wild and thoroughly researched true crime case. I'm here to digest it all and react just like you probably are right there on the other side of the microphone. Somehow, I've got to present each case with the detail and respect it deserves, while also cracking up at Tank's perfectly timed humor and thought-provoking questions. Listen to and follow Psychopedia on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. You ready for the most disturbing celebrity story? I'm bracing myself. In years, if not ever. Okay, let's do this. Let me give a little backstory here for the kids out there. who probably have no idea what I'm talking about. The mamas and the papas in the 50s and 60s were a rock and roll band. And they had some very famous people, musicians at the time, that came out of the mamas and the papas. Mama Cass. Mama Cass. The Wilsons, who then became the Wilson sisters, you might remember from movies like Wilson Phillips, like (laughs) Bridesmaids, and you know, well, someday I'm never going to find a van and then I'll turn you around. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Hold on for one more day. Hold on on for one more day. Those are the, uh, some of those are the children of members of the mamas and the papas. So the Mamas and the Papas, this 50s, 60s, like early hippie bands, like starting to take that turn. They kind of took that ride with the, with the culture. Oh, yeah. yeah. With like Fleetwood Mac. and yeah. yeah, absolutely. They had a slew of records and hits and singles and all this. Okay. John Phillips was one of the lead writers and singers in the Mamas and the Papas. Okay. John Phillips was known to be a troubled human mm-hmm. being. He had children. Uh... He had drug addiction, all the rock and roll, just a rock and roll story through and through. Um, but recently, it came to light that his daughter, Mackenzie Phillips, who was not part of Wilson Not China, yep. She was a TV actress on a show called One Day at a Time, I think is what it was. I think it was One Day at a Time. Is a show back from the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. It was a popular show. I haven't seen it, but she was an actress in this television show. Mackenzie Phillips recently wrote a memoir called uh, High on Life, I think is what it's called, or Too High to... uh, High on (laughs) Arrival. High (laughs) High on Arrival, Too High to Live. (laughs) High on Arrival. It's a memoir. And in that memoir, she explains that at 19 years old, on the day of her wedding, her father had non-consensual sex with her, John Phillips. But now wait, this is not the crazy part, because this is a story that in and of itself is so fucked up it's hard to imagine right that you would have non-consensual sex with your own daughter ever but the next part is just as equally disturbing is that for the next 10 years they had consensual sex over and over and over again they had a relationship mackenzie phillips and her father john phillips i'm 
I don't even know what to say to that. I, I, I'm, I, I say it out loud. I I'm learned this stunned. information a week ago, and I'm still having a hard time I'm wrapping stunned. my head around it. Why did she put this in her book? <clears throat> Why did she want to get this story out? According to her, because she wanted to share the dark, the, the dark side of John Phillips, but she also wanted people to know that it's not as black and white as one would imagine. That John was a wonderful, sweet man that fathered her in, in a way that she felt was very loving, and but remember this is I, use that term loosely. I know, yeah. and this uh, non-consensual sex happened when she was nineteen years old for so, the first time. For the first time, but she, that she had a wonderful relationship with him. Otherwise, and then she was so in love with her father that she continued that relationship for ten years consensually. Now she fell in love after he raped her. I don't know, uh, Tina. I I don't know. I'd rather use the word non-consensual okay, sex. I got just you, for but... a lot of different reasons, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to trigger anybody, right? And so, uh, but here's the other thing. Is it really consensual is when it, it starts off non-consensual? I, I, could it ever be? Don't know. That's how, And can it be when it's a position of power and authority and that's your, that's your father? That's your fucking father. It's your fucking You are father. trained your entire life to do what your parents say. That's right. So how could it ever be a consensual relationship? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think when you're the parent of a child, first of all, it to me, it, this is unfathomable. Yes. But let's assume, right, that in some world this exists. It's really hard for me to wrap my head around. Was she raised in the home with him? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't know because she, they're, they're, it's just a blurb, by the way. It's just a blurb. It, she doesn't go – I don't think she goes in great detail about it because all the articles I've read say she just shares this kind of two lines of information, paragraph oh, of information. That's, that's kind of rude. Yeah, it's kind of rude. Like if you're going to write a memoir, just <laughs> me, get it all out yeah, there. Yeah, let me read all about it. So I go on the internet and I'm like, I wonder exactly how often this this happens. I know it happens a lot. A lot. But, a but lot. most of the stories I've heard have been – we met on Tinder. I never knew my dad. I never dad. knew my dad. Yes, something like and that. And that's still, while it's highly yeah. disturbing. Or brother and stepsister. Makes or a little more sense. Cousins. Than being raised in the home. Because listen, I was in love with my dad when I was a little girl. Yeah. There was no line ever. Cr- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I get that feeling of like loving your parent, but that is, that's too much. It's beyond measure. It's just like, I don't even, I can't even comprehend. Especially raised in Western America, like Western culture. Okay. So this is what I do. I go and I do some research and I'm reminded of a statistic that uh, Chrissy and I learned when we did the cousin fucker episode. Remember? (laughs) The cousin fuckers? Okay. So there's a couple in Utah who has been literally yelling and screaming from the top of their lungs about their relationship as first cousins. Yep. And they ju- they're fighting the state to be able to be married and all this other stuff. It is illegal. It's illegal in some states, but not all states, to marry your first, first. blood cousin, yep. right? Um, so I read the following statistic, and this is going to blow you away. 33% of people polled in- internationally across the earth in a long range and a long long term study study, 33% of people said that they had had some kind of consensual relationship with a first cousin or closer when it comes to uh, sex 33% say they have made out they've had some kind of physical sexual relationship with a blood relative, meaning first cousin or closer. I can say that I know for a fact, my background's in sociology. We study a lot yeah. about, you know, children and family units and all that. It is very normal for children's first sexual experiences to be with somebody in the household, a step sibling, mm. a sibling, a cousin, something like that is very normal and not considered molestation or inappropriate as long as there's not a five year age gap. But are you suggesting that this is adults? Saying they've had a consensual relationship because if you're underage, I don't know that that's consensual. So I don't know how well I believe. This. I don't know. I don't. I didn't read the study like that. Like it didn't give that information that yeah. that I recall. Right? Ain't no age grading. No age. There was no age grading. I mean, I'm just like kind 33% of thirty three percent. Still pretty high. That's a fucking shitload. Of, and first cousin. That's clo- three out of every ten people that yeah. are sitting with you that have had. Uh, and I get it. Like, okay, you're with your cousins, and I, I don't know, touching weirdness, sure. exploring whatever's going Curiosity. on. Curiosity. Curiosity. Uh, 
I, I think I told this story. We used to have this family that we called uncle this, aunt that, Absolutely. cousin this, totally cousin normal. that. Yeah. Totally normal. But they weren't cousins of ours. Right. Nor were they aunts and uncles. But we didn't really recognize that at our young age. Sure. Right? And the girl in the family, the opposite family, and I had like a little 10-year-old crush, right? right. Nine, 10 10-year-old crush. We all go on vacation one time, and I don't know how this happens, but we end up in a closet kissing. Okay? Normal. Normal. It's Perfectly totally normal. normal. Right? And they, one of the parents catches, catches on to what's going on, and we get a tongue lashing of epic proportions. Sure. Proportions. You yeah. never kiss your cousin. You can't do that. That's not allowed. You never, never, ever, blah, 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 blah. Well, three years later, I realized that they are not my cousin. They are just <laughs> yeah. friends of my parents. And uh, But I remember like having this sense Shame. of how yeah. wrong this was. Yes. You don't do this. It can't, right? Yep. But I have very attractive cousins. I will tell you something. I, I got like 36 yeah. cousins, and at least two of them I find to be attractive people. Would I ever be physical with them? No, I wouldn't because but I got a tongue lashing. Maybe you didn't know they were your cousin, but yeah, That's you true. got that shaming. I got that, I got that shaming. I got the Catholic guilt going on. Yeah, and I had, I mean, I had cousins get in trouble for peeking in on me and my girl cousins. Yeah. You know, like it's just a curiosity thing, and I don't think that counts as like consensual relations. Do you know that? That at, seems unfair. Do you know that I know a woman whose parents would not even let them spend the night at a cousin's house? I believe it. Yeah. They were so protective of yep. their daughter that they would not even let them spend the night at a cousin's house. They were like, nope, nope, nope. How is you? What are your, what is your feeling on spend the nights? Did you allow them? I did. But I raised my kids with a very close friend of mine who had children the same age. Okay. And she was aunts, and I was aunt, and we were definitely not sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our kids are cousins. They still feel like they're cousins today. They're grown. Um, so in those situations, I did. But I had to know both parents. Okay. Until my children were probably in high school, I had to know both parents. And so I used to host like, hey, come over. Let's get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. We're having a sleepover party for my daughter's birthday, but I'd like to know you before your kid comes Smart. to my house. So I used to host. I used to do that like with my girlfriend's little... parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me take you to coffee before I yeah. come over tonight. <laughs> yeah, come over to the house, sit on my bed. I feel it's warm and comfy. So yeah, I was funny about that uh, if I didn't know the adults in the home. I think I'm out. I think I'm out on the, the spend the nights. Just never. I just think I'm not. I've seen so much. One day much... you're going to want to break. <laughs> <laughs> One day I will want to break, like when they're 16 and they could drive themselves yes. to and fro. They can get out of a situation just as quickly as I got into Family, it. Family, of course, but yeah. adults I didn't know. Mm -mm. Yeah, I think if there was like, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of cousins, but if there was a cousin or something, I would be like, oh, okay, all right, I guess for one night. But I just have read so many. This is the situation where parenting is changing so quickly. Yes. And now, generally, it's just spend the nights are not... A thing that many parents think are okay. My yeah, my aunt didn't let her daughter, my cousin. She never had. She still never had one. And she's no spend the nights, mm -mm, none, none whatsoever. None. Huh? But I mean, you you're gonna have some friends that you're gonna consider family at some point. The kids, you know, and you're gonna you're gonna tag team. We traded popsicles. Yeah, one pop <laughs> one popsicle stick. Popsicle. We traded popsicle sticks. One popsicle stick per hour per kid. Next time you're up and you've just gathered your popsicle sticks and traded. But it was a trusted group of you know moms groups and. Kids from the daycare, people you just know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you build these relationships and you get a little more comfortable, but generally it is a hard no. Yeah. And then what do you do when it's like, I, I don't know, going back to Mackenzie Phillips, it's like, what do you do when it's the, the parent in the home? Yeah, it's now a, what do you do? So fucking twisted. It's so too much. fucking twisted. Is she still married to the man that she married that day? No, I don't think so. I can't imagine she would be. She had a 10-year relationship with her dad. Oh, God. It turns my stomach. It's just like hearing, saying those words out loud. I find it to be rather disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Why'd they break up? <laughs> Sorry. <I was> so... <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, miscommunication issues. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know, quite frankly. Um, well, John's been dead for a long time. I want to know. Well, I don't know. She's not giving, she's not spilling all the tea. She's just spilling some of the tea. But reason number one, I will never read this or even listen to it on an audiobook. No. It sounds like there's no information. She's just dropping bombs and running away. Yeah. Yeah, that's not okay. Well, I mean, when something like that happens to you, maybe it's just. Just don't put it in the book. I agree with you. Keep it to your therapist. Yeah, there's just some stuff that maybe we you don't want to... Unless you want to flush it out. Yeah, see, that's what I... 
Sometimes I, that's why I have hard time with like the celebrity memoirs and yeah. stuff. It's they they drip 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 leak information before it comes out, right? All the good stuff has already yeah, been yeah. out. You <laughs> expect the that there's the going to be so much more, right? It's a trailer yeah. to the movie. Now trailers <laughs> to the movie basically just give you the whole plot and ending in the trailer. We know of the you're movie. not going to come see it anyway. Yeah, you're so not going to come see go. it anyway. Here, please watch it on Netflix <laughs> when it's available. And sometimes these celebrity memoirs are just like that: the drip drip drip, drab drab drab, and yep. then you already know all the good information, and it's not all that good anyway. It's yeah. like, uh, who's that? Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and she's running around. You I, know. Yeah, I heard some nonsense about that too, but I didn't read that I know, one. And then it's, it's, I think, I feel like it's another one. They're like, yeah. drop bomb. And then everyone goes, oh my God. And then you're like, wait. You're just not making what? any more money in your acting career. So you just drop a book. I don't know. Stir up some internet yeah. buzz. Listen, I don't know, Jada. I, I don't either. I'm sure she's a lovely human being. I, I, I watched her on that Drew Barrymore show, and I just couldn't. Oh, not. Drew's show's pretty good. Drew's show's good. Yeah. But Drew and her were like, I don't, just gushing all over each other and then something about something. And so she, Drew asks her, like, you know, what do you think? Why do you think Will slapped Chris at the Oscars? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I'm a big believer that you got to take responsibility for your own actions. So I don't want to talk about that. And it's like, oh, come on. Wait a minute. This is the line she's been telling. <laughs> That's your husband. You don't have to apologize for your sure. husband. I get that. And you are not responsible for his actions. I absolutely understand totally that. Totally agree. But do but you have any husband. other opinion besides... And it's your husband. Do you have any yeah. other opinion besides it was him, not me? Like, no one's blaming you, but could you, like, pontificate just a little yeah, bit? Yeah, help us understand. Help us understand, because Will's not doing it. I just <laughs> saw that Will was, like, in Saudi Arabia with Johnny Depp. They've all been relegated to Saudi Arabia. Wait. Yes. What? That's some movie... Like, now the uh, Saudi Arabians put... Uh, it's either Saudi Arabia or Qatar. I can't remember. Don't You never get good information on this show, so don't take it to the bank. But they're over somewhere, and it's the film festival. That's obviously, obviously someone just throwing billions of money, dollars at yeah. a film festival to get famous people over there. Fine. If you got, you've got the money, pay for it, I guess. It's like that golf, that live golf. They just pay everybody a bunch of money yes. to come play shitty golf somewhere. So... Shitty golf on the internet, nonetheless. It doesn't even have a TV channel. So I see that in this particular film festival, there's two really famous people. It's Will Smith and, and Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. And they're like hanging out, high-fiving, hugging each other. We like it. Yeah, hey, we're both canceled. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Neither We've been of sent us. to the desert. Yeah, neither of us will get another Academy Award. <laughs> We've been sent to the desert. But the pay is great, and the view is wonderful. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Wow. All right. We're going to take our second break, and then we're going to get into a 90s phenomenon that I still have a hard time understanding myself. A 90s musical phenomenon. Actually, it wasn't a phenomenon. It was a complete failure. But this weird period of time when one of the most famous musicians on earth at that moment went... I don't know. More, don't know. more weird celebrity. More weird celebrity. Bu- it's a weird Coming celebrity right bullshit episode of the commercial break. And uh, <laughs> let's take that break. We'll listen to some sponsors and we'll be back. Look, I know you guys are getting really sick of me, but that is too bad. It's my job. Now, go to tcvpodcast.com for all of our audio and video content and get your little booty over to youtube.com slash the commercial break for fully edited video episodes. Want to chat? Leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCV3. Too embarrassed for your voice to be on the show? We understand. Text us instead at 855-TCV-8383. Can't even do that? No worries. Just follow us on TikTok at TCB Podcast and on Instagram at The Commercial Break. And if you can't even be seen doing that, just listen to these sponsors and let's get back to the show. All right, and we're back. Garth Brooks, what do you think about when you hear the word Garth, hear the words Garth Brooks. It reminds me of my middle school years, having friends in low, low places. places. <laughs> I got friends in low places. Uh, the Thunder Rolls. He was huge. He uh, was huge I'm, everywhere. Yeah, I'm taking I, straight back to I would 90s. argue, besides him and Billy Ray Cyrus, who I think was the first, with way down yonder in the chat. No, that wasn't Billy Ray. He was Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, oh the, the Achy one, Breaky Heart. You're talking about I know, any, Alabama is the band, I think. Oh my God, <laughs> I didn't know you were such a country fan. I, my dad was a Lebanese cowboy. I don't know if you know this about me, but... I think I do remember this. <laughs> you know that my first job behind the microphone was in a classic country radio station called 96.7 The Legend. And so I oh, did this I show called the Legend. Yeah, Late Night on the Legend, <laughs> where <laughs> the, 
director of the station, the, you know, the head programmer of the entire cluster, like 28 stations or something like that. I begged and begged and begged for a year till he finally put me on the radio at this what they call a small stick station, which means the signal reaches about three miles in every <laughs> radius, right? It's, you can't hear it unless it's a cloudy night and it's 3 a.m. You can't hear it. Only some certain segment of South Atlanta could hear this. But I begged and I begged. What I really wanted to do was be on the rock station, but that was never going to happen because they, you know, there was big separation between the business units and the creative units upstairs. Right. So finally, I brought him a beer one day, and I'm like, listen, dude, please put me on the radio. You know, I just wanted like a couple minutes. You know, let me get some practice time. He said, listen, fine. You be on the radio. But there's two things. Oh, he said three things that I need to make sure you understand. Number one, if this ever affects your job downstairs, meaning the business office, if this ever affects your job downstairs, I'll have you fired personally myself. Okay, fair enough. Number two, I'm going to put you on 96.7 The Legend from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning, and ain't no one going to hear you. I said, Sold. Sold. I never want more than 30 seconds of talk ever. And I was like, okay, got it. In and out of songs, Brian. In and out of songs. Hit the post and get out. Tell the weather, get out. Tell them the traffic and get out. I'm like, is there going to be traffic at 1 to 3 in the morning in South Atlanta? So I was like, okay, I got it. Time, weather, traffic, get out. Fine. What ended up happening is I would brought friends up there, and I got a co-host, and I finally expanded it. I was doing 30 minutes of talk an hour. (laughs) And no one noticed. This went on for like nine months, and no one noticed. I was almost doing a full hour of talk out of the hour. So I was doing three hours and I was almost doing two hours of talk in that three hours. Amazing. It was amazing. But anyway, this classic country station, uh, the only way that I knew any of these old crooners, these, cr- these country crooners, oh, yeah. was because I had to talk in and out of the songs, right? So I would argue that Garth Brooks is probably one of the first crossover country artists. Do you think? Crossover into pop? You into, mean, or into, into the mainstream. Y- yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Garth Brooks he was paved the way. Kinda, he paved the yeah. way. He was as big as it could get. He was he was the country Michael Jackson, and he, yes. many many yes. many people who never even considered listening. You got to remember that back before Garth and Billy Ray Cyrus and Alabama, you know some of these like Kenny Rogers duet with Dolly Parton. Before any of this, you either listened to country music. Yeah, it was or, Hank Williams. Yes, it's a lot like dubstep. Right? There's, it's not mainstream. You don't hear it on the radio. Right. And you didn't hear country songs on any mainstream radio station unless it was country. And there were only a few of those. Only. Until the 90s, really. That's right. Yeah. Until the 90s. And then Garth just blows up in the 90s. He's selling out 100,000 seat you know, stadiums down in Brazil. I mean, the guy is all over the place. And now he's still doing the same thing, by the way, to this day. He's still selling out these huge arenas. I think he just finished a tour. For whatever reason... At some point, let me get the facts right on this. I'm just going to pull up the, the Wikipedia here. In 1999, Garth decided that he needed to do something to shake up his musical career, and he wanted to be a phantom singer. He was going to create... Like the masked singer, only yes, in real life. exactly. Exactly. He was going... <laughs> <laughs> rather than put a big uh, dick costume on top of your head. That's right. You're just going to grow your hair out and put one one of those flavor savers (laughs) under your lip. (laughs) The tide had turned. Garth was no longer as popular as he once was. Well, he had all those scandals with the women and all this. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. That always happens. He fell out of favor. So he he created a persona called Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines was going to be an alternative rocker. And he was going to put out albums. He was going to have a movie. He was going to have a television show. They were going to make documentaries about him. He went. He actually hosted Saturday Night Live as Chris Gaines. I don't know if you know this. I don't remember. I remember very little about this era of uh, Garth's apparently prolific career. I didn't know he was still touring. Yeah, he's still touring. So what happened to Chris? He. It was an epic failure. It was an epic flop because no one could understand... Why? And we know it's you. Yeah, we know it's you. <laughs> we always knew. Yeah. 
There was never a secret that it was Garth Brooks as Christopher Gaines. And it was just weird. Rather than wear these big 10-gallon hats and run around with boots He could have just changed his look. He could have Frankie beat himself. He could have Frankie beat himself. If only Frankie B was there to advise no Garth Brooks. No yeah. one would have cared. But he grows his hair out emo. He looks like an emo rocker is what he looks like. If you want to check it out, youtube.com slash the commercial break. We'll put some clips up there. The weirdest thing that came out of this was a VH1 Behind the Music, which was a show that VH1 used to produce where they would take an hour and focus on the history and story of one band or artist. They don't do it anymore. It was a great show. It was a great show because it was music documentaries. Yeah. And they always had some good juicy gossip that you never had always. before. So wait, they made one of these for a fake... For a fake character. musician. That's right. And I found it. Oh, online. of course you did. I did. Of course, <laughs> of course I did. You did. So, without further ado, I was trolling on the internet. As you do like As to I do. do like to do, Tina. And I found the Chris Gaines VH1 Behind the Music. This now, is it's, exciting. It's an hour long. We don't have time to go through all of it. But I think the beginning should just give you a taste of what the rest of it is like. Well, tasty Remember, Tina. Remember, the, the, the little tasty <laughs> Tina. <laughs> just a Tina. Just a teeny teeny minute. Just a tasty. I just need a little taste. <laughs> Uh, I have to remind you that this is an hour fucking long about a fake, fake. man. Okay. About a man who never existed. I can't believe this actually happened. This is crazy. All right, here we go. Uh, you, the memories come flooding the back. The memories come flooding back the second this. that you see him. He He's wearing all black, a three-piece suit. Uh, not a three-piece suit, but a suit, a black suit with a black turtleneck. He looks turtle like Roy neck. Orbison. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an emo Roy Orbison. Like a dashboard confessionals. That <laughs> smashed up with a Roy Orbison. <sighs> he was a rocker who liked fast cars and even faster women. Sex. That's the greatest thing about being a musician. They show grinding women. Wait a minute. Hang on. So I didn't know this part. He like, this guy has his own backstory. He's got his own backstory. He made up a backstory about him having a sex addiction. And we were supposed I mean, to believe that's yes. not you, Garth? Yes. Okay. It's clearly Garth. It's what clearly they do Garth. is they just point the camera at the side of his face, hoping you won't get a fresh shot I'm of him. I'm trying not to cry <laughs> the whole time. His passion for music was rivaled by only one thing. I've gone to his hotel room on occasion, and uh, there have been more women there than I would count on one hand. But is it <laughs> oh, so? He actually hand? got his manager one on one hand. <laughs> you know that's five, right? <laughs> I would go up to his hotel room, and there were more girls than I could count on more, one finger. More than two girls. There's more than two. Addiction <laughs> to sex finally forced Chris Gaines to seek help. And the craziest part is they have to take all of these like back. They have to film all of this B-roll footage. No, that was just pictures of Axl Rose, I thought. (laughs) Oh, is it? Maybe they did that. (laughs) Fuck you, VH1. Fuck you for buying into this crap. Do you think this is when VH1 Behind the the Music jumped the ship officially? Maybe. This might have been their last episode. Fortunately, he did get help because if he didn't, he was headed down a path that was just destructive. Chris Gaines' solo career took him to the top of the charts. Then his manager took him to the cleaners. I turned Chris Gaines from a nobody into a superstar. And then I stole all no, his money. Garth and, Brooks did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a, the most tragic backstory. Sex addicted. He was going to a dark place. It's so funny that that's what he went to. Like, that's what he wanted the story to be. That's what he was wanted Was he having, like, so little sex? Yeah, because he wasn't just... he, like, really addicted to sex? And, like, isn't he, that too, like, well, mimicking his story? he on his wife with... Yeah. Tr- Trisha Yearwood? Trisha Yearwood, I think. And, and now they, they're married, aren't they? They got married. I don't know if they're still married. I think they are still married. You know, if you cheat on someone... Did she marry Garth or Chris? I imagine she married both of them. This is probably an exciting bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Threesomes every night. Every single night. My husband night. and his split personality. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to pop one off as Garth, and then I'm going to be back as Chris. <laughs> Give me 15 to 20 minutes and one of those blue pills, I'll be back as Chris. Now, you should know that they actually put out, I think, two albums as yeah. Chris. Yeah, two. Did he just make it in country and be like, man, I really should have gone the other way with this? 
I think he just had never made that full step into mainstream success. I think he was always considered a country artist, even though he had mainstream hits. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think in some way, shape or form, he just wanted validity <laughs> as a mainstream artist. But what a sad sack. He sold over a hundred million yeah, albums. Yeah, what more do you need? What more do you need? You can't be happy with being the world's most popular country artist. You have to... <laughs> Probably still today. I mean, I don't know who could give him a run for his money. I don't that. know. I don't know. I don't keep up with it. I mean, Taylor Swift was a country artist at one point. Maybe but she did both. Shania Twain did both. Yeah. Blake Shelton. He's he got pretty big, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. You hear Jimmy on on country radio they stations. They all smoke pot with Willie, so yeah, I think that's yeah. like the Willie is the <laughs> genesis. That's how you get in. Of yeah. Mainstream. His world tours were renowned for their outrageous antics. I remember going over to Chris's house. He was packing, and he was packing a chainsaw on his back. There was a chainsaw on tour. Yes, there was. Well, <laughs> is that the hardest thing you can yeah. come up with? <laughs> a chainsaw, not an Uzi or a small woman. <laughs> just in case I need to take a few trees down. Lower. Oh my god! And just how he holds his head when he's Chris Gaines. He well, he's got to hold his bangs. Yeah, in he's got to hold his bangs over his yeah. face. This is so 1999. When he lost his best friend, he almost lost his way. Did they lie about somebody dying? Yeah, they lied about somebody dying. Jeez. And of course, they had to make the friend a black guy. Of course. Of course, right? Because that's, <laughs> that's more just, rock and roll than that. Uh, it's more rock and roll. <laughs> Let you know that Gar's a nice guy. He, <laughs> he welcomes all people. I'm head over heels at the show. What? I know they were close. They had a how they get Billy in on this? Billy Joel shows up in this? I didn't even know this. Billy Joel shows up in this? Billy Joel bought into this bullshit. No way. No way. What'd they pay him? I think they probably edited him. He's, he's talking, he's talking about, about somebody else. else. Yeah. Going. I don't want to believe Billy was a part no of this. No way. Oh, the peel out. Chris's face was horribly disfigured in a spectacular car crash. You live with your face for... 25 years and then just have it totally reshaped it's uh it's not an easy thing he doesn't even have any scars on his face <laughs> they put like a brown paper bag over the guy in the wheelchair i know <laughs> they show a picture like a b-roll picture of him in black and white with a paper uh, bag over horribly disfigured head. that's why you look like garth brooks that yeah. was the reconstruction face you, off style that's <laughs> why you got all that plastic surgery as garth brooks get along with <laughs> But he came back to fight another day. Singing country again. I just can't believe they did this for a whole hour. That was country music. Though, that was definitely was. country music. There's nothing emo or rock and roll Not about any of the music they've played so far. Um, you know what? I'm the king now. And you're going to answer to me. Now, Rock's Mystery Man revealed behind the life of Chris Gaines. Oh my God, he's got eyeshadow on. What are we going to do? I mean, honestly, this guy, this is so weird. Yeah, you're not Morrissey. His yeah. solo albums have sold more than 50 million copies. Where? Where have they sold Where? 50 million co <laughs> copies? <laughs> I don't even think they sold 10 copies. His concerts have packed arenas around the world. His smash singles have dominated the charts for nearly two decades. That's not your that's, smash that's, single. And that's country again. <laughs> Yet Chris Gaines is one of rock and roll's most enigmatic figures. There's a sort of air of mystery. And I often wonder, did he create it? Or is it really a natural part of his personality? I always wonder, did he create it? Or did he create it for more money? I always wondered. From his solo debut in 1989, Chris Gaines has been hellbent on leaving his mark on rock and roll. You know, I'm wondering if that guy Chris Angel actually took his <laughs> persona from Chris Gaines because I'm seeing a lot of similarities. Uh, this right here definitely. <laughs> that looks like Chris yeah, Angel. Yeah, definitely shows us. Mind fake. <laughs> Once Chris decided to become a solo. <laughs> Is he in spandex there? He's in spandex Black there. and white. Black and white spandex. He was totally 100% committed. He went after that with such fury that nothing was going to stop him until he became the biggest artist in the world. 
one of the traits I got from my father was success is only success if it comes again. Maybe it. <laughs> success is only success if it comes again. I have I failed disagree. in every bedroom encounter <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> That's the end. Chris Gaines was born in Brisbane, Australia in 1967 into a family of overachievers. His mother, Carolyn, was a member of the Australian Olympic swim team. Chris's father, Gene, was her coach. When Chris was five, his family moved... Well, that's not weird. <laughs> At all. <laughs> that's not weird that her, she, her his mom married his, his coach. coach. I just can't believe how deep they go into this lie, into yeah, this whole story. They, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, like, as creatively, if you're, like, making a movie, a creative movie, and you're telling a story, I get it. But Garth actually tried to pass off. As Chris Gaines. He actually tried to go on tour, I think, as Chris Gaines. I think he did. Did he? I think he did. What's worse is you can't just tell the people this is the number one selling rock artist of all time when you've never heard of him. That's right. And let me give you a little backstory on the Wikipedia. 1999, Brooks and his production company, Red Strokes Entertainment, with Paramount Pictures, began to develop a film in which Brooks would star. The Lamb, the Lamb, <laughs> was oh to have revolved around Chris Gaines, a fictional rock singer and emotionally conflicted as with emotionally conflicted life as a musician in the public eye. To create buzz for the project, Brooks took on the identity of Gaines in 1999. And he put out an album called Garth Brooks in The Life of Chris Gaines, which was intended as a pre-soundtrack, pre-soundtrack to the film. Wow. Uh, to promote the album's release, Brooks appeared as Gaines in television mockumentary for VH1. This seems very much not like a mockumentary, very but they're not, trying yeah. to sell it. And uh, was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. Uh, da, 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 da. In March 2021, Brooks announced that the life of Chris Gaines was to be released on multiple platforms, including digital it and took vinyl. Him 20 years to put it 20 together. 20 years, yes. He had one single that went Billboard 100 as a top 40 single in Lost in You, the first single from the music. He didn't, I don't think he went on tour. And the, the discography is. One <laughs> is one. Garth Brooks and the life of Christopher Gaines. Let's listen to two more minutes of this. From Australia to this modest house in a quiet suburb of Los Angeles. It's a great place to grow up. The weather was fabulous. The girls, gorgeous. By the time Chris reached adolescence, Gene Gaines made it clear he wanted his son to follow in his footsteps. My father wanted me to... To be a swimming coach. <laughs> of course, I, I think everybody in my family wanted me to swim. He was just so thrilled that his son was going to be a great athlete. If it was athletics, he could pull me over and explain everything to me face to face. As far as anything other than athletics, it was just not a gift that my father possessed. I mean, Gene must have said he loved Chris at some point, but I don't remember it. By the time, of course, the dad that doesn't love wow. you, the mom that's ultra supportive. Wah, wah, wah. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. Here's a little advice to all the little up and coming rock stars out there. And this reminds me, you know, Kiss is on tour right now. Oh, <sighs> they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that. And now they're putting these avatars together. Did you hear this? No. So at the last concert, at their last show, they run this promotional video. It's like a minute and a half long. It's not even worth listening to. And they explain that KISS will live on, even though they will not be playing live shows together anymore. KISS will live on as they have spent the last year developing avatars that will go on tour on their behalf. Like holograms? Holograms. Will Tupac tour with them? Yeah. I don't, ABBA. Yeah, ABBA <laughs> did a successful tour with the holograms. ABBA, I can understand. KISS, I just don't get... I've never been a KISS Me fan. Me either. I'm, I don't knock the KISS fans. I just never liked their I music. I missed it. I don't... Yeah. I missed it. I don't understand all the grandiosity. Me either. I don't care the about pageantry. the makeup. Yeah, the pageantry, the show, the lights, yeah. the fireworks. I, I understand how why some people like it. I understand why people like Rush also. Sure. But it's just not my thing. Me either. I just can't get into it. Me either. I don't know why. You know what? Good for them. Gene Simmons, always looking to make a buck. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Gene. Never let that tongue... More Sleep weird celebrities night. brought to you by TCB. Yeah. Speaking of personas, it's <laughs> so weird. Did you ever go to a Kiss show? No. The only the closest I got to ever liking Kiss was Detroit Rock City the movie, okay. which I thought was a good movie. Sure. 
even though it's filled with Kiss music and the whole goal is for this kid to get to the Detroit so he can see Kiss. I just never felt I don't I don't even no think No connection for I, me. I can't even think of one song that I really like. No. Can you? No. None of them. It's on none of my playlists. No. Exactly I've never zero. had a Kiss album. No, I've me never either. had it on a playlist. That's so weird, me either. I know. Yeah. Not on an iTunes? No. Nothing. Never. I, uh, just like Chris Gaines. I like the Kiss song by Prince. Okay, the Kiss song by <laughs> Prince I can get into. And by the way, nothing compares to you, the one that the family put out, the version of, of Prince singing Nothing Compares to You with that woman, I can't remember her name right now, something something uh, rosy something. Rosie Gaines. Rosie Gaines? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, sure. I think it is. I think you're right. Rosie Gaines singing with Prince, Nothing Compares to You. So beautiful. Is un fucking believable it's a revelation go listen to it anyway you know what you can else you can do you know what else you can do tcbpodcast.com that's where you go you find out more information about the show all the video all the audio everything we've ever done is right there at the website if you want your free piggy fronting sticker hit the contact us button the drop down menu i want my sticker give us your physical address we'll send it off in seven to ten days 626 ask tcb the number three that's one 626 ask tcb the number three toll free from anywhere in the world text us questions comments concerns content ideas ask brian's mom ask tcb Whatever you got, shoot it over there or leave us a voicemail. Your voice may be used on the show, so be mindful of what you say. Also, at the commercial break on Instagram, we got almost a million views on that Veerdas reel. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's it's insane. awesome. Uh, I wish we had a million followers, but anyway, hey. that's a different story altogether. One step T- at a time. <laughs> TCB <laughs> Podcast on TikTok. And for episodes and clips, go to YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Okay, I guess that's all I can do for today, Tina. That's a lot for one day. I think but we did But thank good. you for joining me in the chair again. Anytime, I appreciate Brian. it. I do love you. I love you. I say best to you. Best to you. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Tina and I always say, we do say and we must say, goodbye. goodbye.